Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let us rejoice. Freedom and justice, I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Uh, judge a man by his conscious behavior, by his intention. So I judge a man by his conscious behavior. It's not a case of being good and bad, good or bad, blacks and whites. It's a case of being good or bad human beings. I do have one final ask of you as your president. The same thing I asked when you took a chance on me eight years ago. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. I'm asking you to hold fast to that faith written into our founding document, that idea whispered by slaves and abolitionists, that spirit sung by immigrants and homesteaders and those who marched for justice, that creed reaffirmed by those who planted flags from foreign battlefields to the surface of the moon. A creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. On May 4, 1961, 13 Freedom Riders, seven black and six white activists, mounted a Greyhound bus in Washington, D.C. Embarking on a bus tour of the American South to protest segregated bus terminals. They were testing the 1960 decision by the Supreme Court in Boynton versus Virginia that declared that segregation of the interstate transportation facilities unconstitutional. Facing violence from both police officers and white protesters, the Freedom Riders drew international attention. On Mother's Day 1961, the bus reached Anniston, Alabama, where a mob mounted the bus and threw bombs into it. The Freedom Riders ex escaped the burning bus, but were badly beaten. Photos of the bus engulfed in flames were widely circulated, and the group could not find a bus driver to take them further. U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, brother to President John F. Kennedy, negotiated with Alabama Governor John Patterson to find a suitable bus driver and the Freedom Riders resumed their journey upon police escort on May 20th. But the officer left the group once they reached Montgomery, where a white mob brutally attacked the bus. Attorney General Kennedy responded to the riders, and a call from Martin Luther King by sending federal marshals to Montgomery. On May 24, 1961, a group of Freedom Riders reached Jackson, Mississippi. Though met with thousands of supporters, the group was arrested for trespassing in a white-only facility and sentenced to 30 days in jail. Attorneys for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People brought the matter to the U.S. Supreme Court, 
which reversed the convictions. Hundreds of new Freedom Riders were drawn to the cause, and the riots continued. In the fall of 1961, under the pressure from the Kennedy administration, the Interest Rate Commerce Commission issued regulations prohibiting segregation in interest rate transit terminals. Arguably one of the most famous events of the Civil Rights Movement took place on August 28, 1963, the March on Washington. It was organized and attended by civil rights leaders such as A. Philip Randolph, Bayard Rustin, and Martin Luther King. More than 200,000 people of all races congregated in Washington, D.C. for a peaceful march with the main purpose for forcing civil rights legislation and establishing job equality for everyone. The highlights of the march was King's speech, which he continually stated, I have a dream. King's I have a dream speech galvanized the national civil rights movement and became a slogan for equality and freedom. President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964 legislation initiated by President John F. Kennedy before he was assassinated into law on July 2nd of that year. King and other civil rights activists witnessed the signing. The law guaranteed equal employment for all, limited the use of voters' literacy tests, and allowed federal authorities to ensure public facilities. On March 7, 1965, the Civil Rights Acts movement in Alabama took an especially violent turn. 600 peaceful demonstrators participated in the Selma to Montgomery march to protest the killing of black civil rights activist Jimmy Lee Jackson by a white police officer and to encourage legislation to enforce the 15th Amendment. As protesters neared the Edmunds Puttis Bridge, they were blocked by Alabama state and local police, sent by Alabama Governor George C. Wallace. A vocal opponent of desegregation refused to stand down. Protesters moved forward and were viciously beaten and tear gassed by police. And dozens of protesters were hospitalized. The entire incident was televised and became known as Bloody Sunday. Some activists wanted to retaliate with violence, but King pushed for nonviolent protests and eventually gained federal protection for another march. When President Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act into law on August 6, 1965, he took the Civil Rights Act of 1964 several steps further. The new law banned all voters' literacy tests and provided federal examiners in certain voting jurisdictions. It also allowed the Attorney General to contest states and local poll taxes. As a result, poll taxes were later declared constitutional in Harper v. Virginia State Board of Elections in 1966. Part of the act was walked back decades later in 2013 when a Supreme Court decision ruled by the Section B of the Voting Rights Act was unconstitutional, holding the constraints placed at certain states and federal reviews of the state's voting procedures were outdated. The Civil Rights Movement had tragic consequences for two of its leaders in the late 1960s. On February 21st of 1965, former Nation of Islam leader and organization of Afro-American Unity founder Malcolm X was assassinated at a rally. On April 4, 1968, civil rights leader and Nobel Peace Prize recipient Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on his hotel room's balcony. Emotionally charged loot and riots followed, putting even more pressure on the Johnson administration to push through additional civil rights laws. The Fair Housing Act became law on April 11, 1968. 
just days after King's assassination, prevented housing discrimination based on race, sex, national origin, and religion. It was also the last legislation enacted during the Civil Rights era. The Civil Rights Movement was an empowering yet precarious time for Black Americans. The effort of the civil rights activists and countless protesters of all races brought about legislation to end segregation, black voter suppression, and discriminatory employment and housing practices.